Welcome to The Dead Format, episode 89. My name is Ian McEwen, and I'm joined tonight by my co-host in the cozy quarantine, Tom Smiley, and the always cozy, Lawrence Harmon. And we're here to talk about legacy for once. Oh, we're talking about magic? That's That's why we have you here, bro. You're the expert, right? (laughs) That's why we're calling in our, our pinch hitter. I barely played any magic. Oh, no. What's up, guys? <laughs> <laughs> the Vintage Cube is back up online. I they, actually, uh, yeah, they put it up today. I actually like Commons and Commons Cube the best. I don't like Vintage Cube that much, funny enough. Vintage Cube is fun to draft with, like, a bunch of people in a Google Hangout, though. Um, the last time I did that, we drafted, like, a Splinter Twin deck that literally had what like one copy of each combo card and those were the win cons and we just did bullshit and then would cast a bunch of like wheel of fortune effects until opponents just died it was glorious 3l obviously right oh easy undefeated it was absurd <laughs> there were some sick lines that happened nice so i didn't actually play that last cube that was up there i saw it the the popper peasant cube or whatever was that or, uh, I- I thought the last it, one was like a cons cube or something. Oh, I don't know. Maybe it was because it had like a sandstep outcast on it. And I just assumed it was popper. No, it was some I dude's I cons didn't play cube. it, so that makes sense too. Yeah. So what's going on? Are you guys you guys both quarantined or what? I know Tom, you're you're locked in from school, right? Yeah, well we don't have to go to work. The schools are closed for an extended period of time. My sister is actually on a 14-day quarantine now. Oh no! Uh, she got she got tested today, so we'll see we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, that's happening to my wife's coworkers too. Hmm. Yep, yep. She got she got it. Yeah, or but probably has it. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see tomorrow. I'm gonna be working from home starting Friday. Um, Frank, my co-host of the good old cozy gang podcast last week he didn't record with me because he mentioned that he was sick and i was like nah stay away from me (laughs) and uh he might have the rona he got tested they told him uh he'd find out in three to six days and i'm just like oh i'm glad the corona has office hours (laughs) so they they really have you going into work till friday so it's my choice so right now my office building is so we have two buildings. One's like a production building and the other is like the office building that I work in. The production people are still going in. Um, and then basically everyone in my building is gone. So like today I was in like an area that seats like 50 people or like usually has less people than that. Like maybe 20 or so just by myself. So it was actually pretty nice. Yeah, that's what I've been doing too. We actually uh, were supposed to be working from home, but I've actually gone in every day this week just because there's no one else there and I can do whatever the fuck I want and have free bevy machine and unlimited toilet paper access, If cleaning lady. But I uh, today I went in and some other dude came in and he was like, I won't tell if you won't. And I was <laughs> like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? And I checked my email and I was like, officially you're not allowed to be in the building anymore, so... We have to work something else out. If if we get fully locked down, I'm heavily considering just moving into my job because we have, like, a full gym, everything you need to leave. Basically everything but a stove, but, like, multiple microwaves, so we can just get ghetto in there. But 
I don't. Yo, exactly, bro. I'm, my when, gym's still the, open too. The other night when you were like gonna go to the gym, I was like, "You <laughs> fucking moron." <laughs> and then I followed I just, up with, by the way, this is a private gym at my job. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. yeah, we have a gym at work that nobody uses. So, like, that's still open. But my gym that I go to normally is closed. Yeah, that's basically So, yeah, how... work, work has a lot of advantages right now. Yeah, that's how my gym is. Um, basically just aggressively sterilize everything before and after using it. But I haven't been using the gym this week. Because I've been like frantically trying to get prepared to work from home and just have been tired at the end of the day. So yeah, yeah, I'm gonna like steal like a kettleball or something and do some workouts at home. But uh, yo, kettleball is the shit. Th- it is the shit. So I love a good kettleball. So yeah, we uh we got news this week that well I guess we got a lot of news right. We got news that uh. Uh, Channel Fireball is shutting down their warehouse, but we also got news that SCG canceled Worcester, which Tom and I were both planning on going to. Did you see that thing about um, TCG player employees joining a union? Well, yeah, I, I actually didn't like follow that story, so I don't know how it's going. Do you? No, I just saw it and was like, huh, that's interesting. Yeah. Right, right before they all get laid off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was like the extent of me following it i was just like oh that's neat <laughs> yeah they put it off a little too long i think they yeah. might be screwed a bunch but. of uh so far three people i know have lost their jobs but one of them like went to a temp agency to get like find something and they were like oh have you thought about applying to be a manager here <laughs> so <laughs> It oddly is maybe working out like Corona just getting him oh, a better nice. job with like better health care. So yeah, that that's you know a nice little light in this shit storm. Yeah, as long as there's no like waiting period or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's great. So, Actually, funnily enough, like one of my uh, one of my coworkers quit on February 29th and had some other thing lined up that fell through because of things being shut down now so she's trying to play it off like she never quit <laughs> and, uh, and just and is just waiting for her contract and she's like called me uh friday and she's like have you heard anything about my contract and i'm like you're what like you left and she, like she was just like refusing to acknowledge it and just like just playing it like she's waiting for her contract so it's gonna be funny to see like everybody's like in a whole different mode than they were in february you know yeah it's nuts how fast this all happened and how little the United States cared. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, I mean, Tom's got some, got some knowledge for us, right? Yeah. I'm not, I don't really want to talk about that stuff. Okay. But yeah, speaking of cancel, okay, Trump. Guess... <laughs> no, Bro, no, I just Trump, like, I have Trump so... gets taken down by a disease from China. This named after a beer from Mexico. How funny is that? <laughs> that wall ain't work out, huh? He finally got the border shut down, though, right? Did Mexico close it? (laughs) No, Canada. Canada did, though. Canada hasn't closed it to us, last I heard. Um, But it's, like, on the table. They're just like, yeah, our economies are kind of linked, so... 
I guess Bro, you how can funny still come is over it? America. Lawrence, did you see this? Did you see that uh, Justin Trudeau's wife has uh, coronavirus and she gave and, it to Idris yes. Elba, but not Justin Trudeau? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if you're swapping fluids with someone, may as well be Idris Elba. Yeah, I mean, he's like a GQ man of the year, I think. Or it's like a, some one of those magazines. Speaking of which, I started watching The Wire, so that's an interesting crossover. I, like, marathon the whole first season over a weekend, and I'm, like, kind of just starting the second season, so. Because seeing Idris Elba, you know, they got Stringer. Were you glued to the first season, or what? Um, so The Wire's interesting. It's, like, it wasn't, like, Breaking Bad or Game of Thrones, where there's, like, it's very overt. Right? Like, you have to really focus on the wire to, like, catch, um... Yeah, like, you can't... Yeah. It's not a, it's not a like, play-in-the-background show. So it's, like... Right. Usually when I marathon a show, I can, like, half pay attention and, like, I'm able to marathon multiple seasons. But I, like, watched the first season of The Wire and was like, okay, I need a break for a little while. <laughs> so that's kind of where I'm yeah. at. The second season is... Like, just stick through it, bro, because three and four are so worth it, but two is just awful. Oh, okay. The, I People might hate that, but all the seasons are different. Like, they're, they're looking at a different aspect of Baltimore. Right. But three, three comes back to one. Like, three's a lot like one. And then four is, like, the next crop of kids. And four, I think, is actually, honestly, my favorite. Three or four. But, okay. uh, but two really sucks, but stick through it. Yeah, I plan to finish them all, so... You know, I've watched yeah. worse shows. Five is awful. Like, don't don't even bother with five. <laughs> but, <laughs> I'm sure I'll watch it anyway. But thanks for the heads yeah. up. It's it's really bad. But yeah, dude, we uh we went on leaving a legacy on Monday night, and I just want to preempt everybody. Actually, wait, this podcast is going to be coming out at the same time as that one, right? No, this is going to be out tomorrow morning because that's why I oh, wanted to record early. So it'll oh, be nice. it'll be one day before the leaving a legacy. We've gone, we'll go forward in time. We're we're backwards in time right now. Yeah, it's just in dead format podcast. Eighty eight miles an hour. Let's go. One point <laughs> twenty one gigawatts. Bro, easy on the eighty eights. We uh. Oh yeah, we sorry we talked about that. <laughs> I yeah. feel like I missed something here. We just had episode 88, and we were talking about how it's like a white supremacist uh, code word. Ian, Ian made sure to bring that up. Okay. Well, no, because Jason <laughs> brought it up first. That, that's the only reason. I thought of a joke, and I didn't say it. It's I'm too sober, and it's too early in the podcast to start dropping those ones. We don't want Austria to check out <laughs> immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Austria's left the group chat. Also... Um, I randomly remember last week that GPL Drazi, the Detroit one, was right next to a vaping convention. And it was funny, like, you you know how you usually walk outside of magic tournaments and, like, there's some guys smoking or people, like, telling bad beat stories. But it was, like, it was that, and then you look 20 feet down, and it's literally just a bunch of obese, like, white kids vaping. And then, like, <laughs> you would walk past the hall where, um... The convention was going, and there was there was just smoke wafting out of the fucking hall. Oh, and man. during like round was seven, was it Alien Ant Farm? Yes, during like round seven or so, 
somewhere around like the winning in portions where like those rounds where you really want to focus and are like have a headache or tired. Um, Alien Ant Farm starts playing their concert. <laughs> so like our hall was just vibrating with sound. I, I somehow was able to tune it out, but like other people were like complaining to me. It's just like fucking Alien Ant Farm was playing. I'm just like, damn, um, they're not a Michael Jackson cover band. They have more than one song. That's wild. I would just imagine that one song on repeat for 40 <laughs> minutes. That was, no, that would, that would honestly, that would help me. I don't know how you feel about it, but I would like the amount of distracted I would be is like almost zero versus my opponent. You know, I have trouble it- focusing. So like random background noise actually helps me so maybe that exactly was it. um like it's i usually listen to a bunch of podcasts at work but today was different i just like didn't because like i was just alone by myself and didn't have to tune people out and i like turned off i didn't turn on any of the lights so my whole work area was just illuminated by like some natural light coming through the window and um my computer screens and it was like having blinders on i was able to like just focus on what i was doing it was really interesting wow that's great yeah i did the same thing actually i was trying to figure out like do i listen to podcasts at work if nobody's on the phone like the next office or whatever so i I was like on and off today yeah it's it's weird it's weird um but yeah i've been listening to like a lot of non-magic podcasts i should actually send you some i have some that you'll like yeah yeah, bro, definitely do that. We, uh, so, yeah, we were on Leaving a Legacy. I started out with a double shot of Jameson, then drank a six-pack, my favorite wheat beer, uh, Miller Lite, and that was, uh, it was pretty shitty. I don't know what's going to wind up in the episode or not, but I just want to preempt this by telling everybody <laughs> that, uh, you know, I was, I was mostly trolling them. I, I can't wait for everybody to get really angry and post in the leaving a legacy facebook group how awful this episode was because it yeah it was really bad i i'm luckily i don't check facebook very much but <laughs> I, uh, luckily i'm banned I'm definitely from ready legacy for... facebook group so <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely ready for 60 to 70 upper middle class white guys to, to be shouting at me on Friday you, you all didn't even talk oh. about magic. Speaking of 60 to 70 uh, middle-aged white guys shouting, uh, shout out to all the dudes who sent uh, Missouri MTG death threats, because apparently that's the thing that happened. Uh, people were mad that he like canceled his fucking tournament. And it's like, I don't know if you've ever like been to a magic tournament and walked in a men's bathroom, but... um. Y'all motherfuckers are nasty. The number of people... No, I, gotta, I, no, here, here's I can't thing. believe that people will like in their right mind right now would go would go to an event. Right? Like, isn't it... Like, I don't know. That's just crazy. Tom, crazy I got a story to tell you, but I don't want you to have to edit, so I'm not going to do it. No, tell, tell the story. I can edit. Hold, hold on. Before uh, you tell that, what pisses uh, me off the most about these people... Is it's not like a complete disregard that the sink and soap is there. They like piss and then they look at it and then they walk out every fucking time, <laughs> every fucking time. And I'm just like, ooh, is today the day that I catch a body? 
<laughs> I'm like, you know what? I don't want to touch someone who doesn't wash their hands. So, SCG, wait, who was it? Dom Harvey, Lawrence? Yeah, so Dom Harvey posted a legacy article and he did the standard, like, SCG guy thing when they do a legacy article where they're like, hey guys, I wrote about legacy. Please read it, blah, blah, blah. And if, like, you know, if you read it and stuff, um, Cedric will let Maybe me do more. do more. Right. And I fucking hate this so much. So, oh, yeah. There's like multifacets to this rant. Um, the first part is like, I get it. SCG wants to do content and stuff. That's great. The paywall thing doesn't hit with everybody. I know multiple people who've had SCG premium and like have shared accounts or whatever. And legacy articles in particular have always been presented in this like, hey guys, if you click, if you give us the clicks, we'll keep doing it. It's like this weird carrot that they dangle in front of legacy players. And it's frustrating as hell to see that model. And like, I get it. I totally get it. And I understand why SCG cut their legacy tournaments. It's frustrating to see. It's sad to see. But, like, I understand from a business standpoint why they did it. I understand why the player base is frustrated that they did it. But, like, posting articles for a niche community behind a paywall, right? Legacy nerds have no reason to subscribe to SCG. And zero. People who had premium, like, I, I had access to premium up until, like, December of last year. And that was for, like, a good four plus year span and the articles went from being holy shit this is great to oh you just need to get some content out bro which yeah i i hate the state of current state of magic content because people are basically just pumping out articles that are just filler and they're terrible and like i hate that so much which is part of why we steve and i stopped doing thirst for knowledge or decided to just do it sporadically, right? Like, yeah. you know, if you listen to some of the earlier episodes and then you listen to, like, the last three or four episodes, you can tell we just, like... It's not that we didn't give a shit. We kind of didn't give a shit. But, like, I stopped really playing and he kind of stopped really playing and neither of us really had anything to say and Legacy was stale and it was just like, yeah, we don't want to talk about Underworld Breach being a card for four weeks. So yep. we were just like, let's just not do this. Let's not put out garbage. <laughs> like we did. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Dude, when Ren and Well, we kind of got a little wild, but... When Ren and Six Delver was a thing, we, like, soft banned talking about Ren and Six. We legitimately just, like, had to not allow ourselves to go there. Otherwise, it was just going to be the same rant every week. And... Yep. Um, anyway, back to this whole thing. So, like, I com- responded to Dom's thing, and I was just like... It's, you know, it's aggravating to see these articles behind a paywall directed towards a player base who's obviously has no reason to, like, buy to get through this paywall. And nobody's going to follow up in two weeks to, like, read this article once it goes to the public side. And, like, especially with SCG's legacy articles, their articles are either, like... Jerry Thompson or Patrick Chapin basically theory crafting and about legacy. And it's like, okay, these guys are good enough at magic that I'm just interested in hearing what they have to say, regardless of what format they're talking about. 
And then on the other end of the spectrum, it was just like these phoned in articles from like random SCG nerds. And it was just like, yeah, yeah, dickbag. I too can look at, you know, league results on MTG Goldfish and like pump out some bullshit. So the articles weren't good in quality. Like I was at a point where I was just like clicking on them, scrolling to the bottom. I don't know if that actually matters or not. I, I feel like there's a metric that or a way to get a metric of like who clicks on the articles, who scrolls through them. Um, I know my job uses a way of mass messaging people and we get analytics based on how people respond. So I would just click on them, scroll to the bottom or whatever, and then like open another tab and just like leave it sitting and then close it eventually. So it was like, I was false inflating these articles just so SCG would get some sort of number that like said, Hey, legacy nerds are reading your stuff. But that it's still a relatively low population. And at this point, if you want legacy content and you want good legacy content in real time, you can follow your favorite grinders on Twitter. You can go read the Min Max blog. You can go to the epicstorm.com. You can go to like these number of outlets, podcasts, yeah. everything to get everything in real time. So you obviously Joe like, Dyer. Yeah, Joe Dyer's been fucking killing it. Um, yeah. And like, there's no reason for someone to like bookmark this article and double back to it in two weeks. Um, right. So it's just like, they're basically have a system that's set up for failure. And I remember talking to Mark Nesco years ago and he was talking about how like legacy hasn't bringing the numbers that SCG wants, uh, in terms of viewership on their streams and everything. It's like, I get it. Um, but at this point it's like, it almost feels like they're throwing out things that aren't actually going to get engagement and then right. using that as a way to prop up their argument. And it's just like, look, I would rather you just not do legacy articles and maybe host yeah. the occasional tournament or whatever instead of just like this half-assed job. And it's, ugh, it's just aggravating I think, to see. I think I have a way that they can sort of like sort of fix that. I think that they should take all of their articles that they have behind their paywall and then allow you to redeem them for two new, not behind a paywall articles. What? Are you talking Um, about like have a metric where you read two articles and then you get access to a a paywall? No, I was shitting. I was shitting on their reserve list article that they had behind the paywall oh. <laughs> about the redemption, the, the redemption policy where you can send in your reserve list cards to get two new ones. Okay. But that was behind a paywall that nobody fucking read to. I, I didn't I, read it either. Yeah, I had somebody cut and paste it to me. Interesting. Nice. That's funny. Yeah, I don't know. Like SCG's article quality. Like, there's some people who just, like, were always hard hitters. Jaden Klumperin's articles were just always hard hitters. But at a certain point, it was just, like, everyone that I came to this website to read is gone now. So it's just, like, random grinder that you've propped up number three or four or five. And it's, like, I either don't care what they have to say about Legacy specifically, or I can, or I know them as human beings. So, like... That's more my lived experience. So it's just like, I don't necessarily need to read this article. And then half the time, it wasn't even like good information. Like I miss the days where people put effort into their articles instead of 
just like, hey, I got to meet my quota. So did you know that Blue Red Delver is a Delver deck that has blue and red spells? <laughs> yeah, it was very much like, you know, talk about playing a couple leagues and then give sideboard guides for like three random matchups. And that was the article, right? Yep. Like, it was very formulaic. It, like, people were just clearly mailing it in, and I was just like, I'm never going to the site again. This is, like, a year ago, maybe. I don't know. But I can't imagine much has changed, right? It's, I don't know. Since they changed everything so everything is premium, I stopped caring. The other issue I have with that is, like, there are so many people making Magic content right now, and yeah. Magic players are, like, very tribalistic and... Um, ritualistic so if you're jund guy and you want to read an article about jund right you're gonna sub to jund guy's patreon you're gonna find willy adel and follow his twitter and sub to his patreon i don't think he has one but like this is a hypothetical so it's not like the old days where if you wanted to read magic content you had to go to the dojo and then like you would cycle through channel fireball and then star city right like or tcg player you would cycle through the big names now it's just like oh i like this guy's stream so i subbed to his patreon and uh here i am with yama killer's sideboard guide for eldrazi tron and that's all i want like you know it's not the days where people are looking for generalized magic information and help it's specialized stuff so scg is like putting generalized information behind a paywall trying to bank on the fact that like oh, hey, these people are big names and stuff. And it's like, yeah, I could pay to read Jerry Thompson's thoughts on this thing, or I can just listen to his podcast. And yeah. even if they're too, even if the information is wildly different on, like in the article, that's how people think, right? So they're just going to like get their Jerry Thompson fix and move on, you know? So it's like the whole paywall thing, for generalized uh articles just seems completely outdated to me and ugh, i just i'm i'm off it i i wish like or scg would stop trying to like like if you're gonna cut off all the tournaments for a format that's fine but don't randomly throw out articles to the yeah. consumer base for that format because it's just like you're setting the writer up to fail you're setting like the format up to fail more it's just not the right thing to do and we talked about this before i can't remember if you agree with me or not tom but like the the specialized aspect that you were just talking about lawrence of the content that you're looking for i've kind of felt like the scg was specialized in people who were going to an scg so they knew what like the grinders were going to be playing and what their thoughts on the format were but now there are no big scg events for the next I don't know, eight weeks or foreseeable future at least. But, so like their specialized audience is gone too. So it just seems really weird to me that they're sticking with this premium model through this no no big tournament. Time. Sure. There's there's also something we said that like a lot of the people that have that write for SCG also have like their own Patreons and like podcasts and other content they're making. So yeah. there seems to be there's like a direct conflict of interest there, right? It's because you oh, don't yeah. want to give out all of your great info in your article because you need to save some for your podcast and it's probably going to like double up on it anyway. Right. So it's like, you know, if I listen to Bash Brothers, why would I read Brad Nelson's article? 
I'm reading it specifically to what just get his sideboard guide or whatever. Sure, but I can also log on Twitter and see XYZ douchebag posted a sideboard guide and go from there. So yeah. it's like SCG has their model set up in a way that like has a lot of leaks. It's like the most interesting thing that I see out of SCG is Patrick Sullivan's mailbag thing. And it's like, I'm not paying money to hear Patrick Sullivan rant. If I want to hear Patrick Sullivan rant, I'll just like add him on Twitter or listen when he does like commentary or whatever, or I just won't care because we already know what Patrick Sullivan's rants are. They're literally just like yeah. white guy, like kind of angrily says the most reasonable take possible. There you go. That's it. It's, I feel I feel like the fire the fire's kind of been taken out of it too because he's like like this like random Marxist guy now. Well, it's so not like it's it's not that, but it's like when you build your brand on being the ranty guy, and like your takes are all moderate, people start to see your takes as an extreme. So it's like you as you start giving these takes, it devalues your statements, or like it people get too familiar with them and it's just like like i said there's some good moments where patrick sullivan fires off his takes and they're really funny but we also just know what patrick sullivan's gonna say about a thing like if you ask him about what x thing watsy is doing he's gonna criticize it and then throw in a statement that's just like hey this thing they're doing actually reasonable um wait doesn't he work for watsy now he consulted with them for a while oh okay but it's, it's just like, I don't know. I don't have anything against SCG as a company. I'm not like one of those legacy nerds who's just like so angry that SCG cut legacy. Because, you know, this for-profit business cutting a niche market isn't a shocker when there's like multiple like larger fan bases that they can easily appeal to. But I also am just like, hey, I get it. Like, the the content is... Like, the overall quality, the appeal to it, the reasons to buy in are lower. There's a reason why Channel Fireball doesn't hide their shit behind old paywall. There's a reason why TCG yeah. Player... And I'm sure SCG is making money. And, like, you know, I wish the best for all the writers and everything. But it's it's just, like, hard for me to believe that this is a sustainable model at this point when there's yeah. so much... Conver- or so much... Um, what is it? Uh, I can't think of the words. Uh, compet- competition. Oh. There we go. Yeah. No, I, I feel you 100%. It's like, especially now when there's no big events, like why would anybody be going to Star City if they're not going to have competitive prices on cards and they're not going to have relevant information for their tournaments that are coming up or coverage of their recent tournaments? Like, it just seems really odd to me that they're sticking with this, like, super premium model. But... Well, anyway, we should we should get to legacy probably. You can you can still do like that general model of like here's good players telling you things and like there's people playing on Moto, there's people playing on Arena. Um, I saw that SCG is going to try some more experimental stuff. So it's like there's things to do, and you can still appeal to crowds and relate to them. That's still easy. Uh, but it's just like a matter of like, hey, are you going to pay SCG for? you know content about moto tournaments or are you gonna go sub to the patreon of the guy who quadruple cues you know every challenge weekly shout out to yama killer right it's like 
which one are you going to go to? <laughs> right. You're, you're going to go to the guy who's, like, doing the quadruple cubes, who's, like, checked in on every format and, like, has to keep up with every format to, like, make a living. The, you know, there's so much competition, streaming and everything. Like, we're at a point where, like, writing magic articles... I wouldn't be shocked if, like, article-based magic content ends within the next few years because there's so many other formats to ingest magic content and the way people operate now is that they just like passively ingest content it's you know no sure people like watch streams but a lot of people watch streams while doing something else people listen to podcasts while they're doing something else it why would i sit down and have to focus on this dedicated magic article when I can just listen to a podcast and do something, you know, else productive, yeah. you can double up on your time. And yeah, I can see articles and pri written primers make sense. But I think that like right now there's this huge saturation of just content that doesn't have a very deep meaning. It's just content for the sake of content. And then I think eventually we're going to get back to a point where content is heavily focused towards things that or like written content is heavily focused towards just like ideas that need to be written specifically you know you can do an audio primer for a deck or you can do a written primer and people can reference it um you know just shit like that yeah all right, so we had a challenge this past weekend in Legacy. This is now we're, we're post breach at this point, and we've had the meta for a long enough period that people have at least been aware of what's going on. It's kind of weird though because I don't feel like we're settled at all. Like we've we've reached anything exactly. Like this this challenge, if you look at the results, there's a lot of chalice. You know, there's people playing Delver, there's people playing Zeniths, there's a lot of Zeniths, but there's also just a lot of four-color good stuff, you know, random, not even a set like four colors, like non-white, just any four colors. Just like a, just like one of those arms races, right? Like we kind of used to see before when Deathrite Shaman was legal. The mid-range uh, arms race legacy where every deck yeah. slowly just converges into being like the best version of Blue Soup yeah yeah and, and it, the combo decks were black red which is typically the deck that has game against them yeah it turns out that you know ant isn't that good because veil of summer exists so shout out to bryant cook and tes yeah um yeah exactly you know just kill them before they can do something it's i mean legacy is going to be blue soup that can survive veil of summer um the very fast combo decks and then like delvers the herpes of the format it you think it goes away <laughs> no you you think delver goes away and then it doesn't like i think there was one week where me and steve were talking about how um we wouldn't recommend delver in legacy and then that week there was like six delver decks in the top eight of the challenge it was just like you know what delver is the personification of the Mike Tyson quote. Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. And like, <laughs> that's, that's just yeah. it. It's like Dover's game plan against random stuff is just run through a motherfucker's face. And that's it. 
Like, it, you yeah. can never count the deck out. So, you know, welcome to Legacy. Blue Soup. Uh, Cling to Dust is impressive if you're playing a deck that's black because you have to have an answer for ERO. And if you don't, um, get wrecked, nerd. Yeah, Euro's the big the big like difference right now from before, right? I mean we saw Svaka in I believe second place with like three Euros in his pile deck. And I know Topher played him. Topher came in fourth in this challenge and he his two of his three losses were to Svaka. The He said that from Delver, like Euro's just ridiculous. So I recently played a league with James Sue and he posted it on YouTube. And one of the cards we played was Cling to Dust. And, like, the list was... I took a list that Gucci posted, like, a day before. And I was just like... Grixis Delver? Yeah. And I was just like, this... You don't need four Graveyard Hate spells. We're going to play a Null Rod. And then we're going to cut the third Surgical, because, like, you never board in third Surgical. And we're going to play Cling to Dust, because I'm curious. And we ended up playing against a bunch of control decks. And Cling to Dust was kind of just nutty for the whole match and like if you're playing a fair deck in legacy you just have to play some reasonable way to answer euro and cling to this seems to be like the only thing i've seen like if you're boarding graph digger's cage it doesn't do anything they're just gonna oko it surgical is pretty bad against the rest of their deck so you have to you know temper your, your deck to actually deal with it and i think I wouldn't be shocked if people get kind of bored in this metagame because every deck is slowly just turning into two-for-ones and that gameplay isn't really enjoyable because it devolves into like the game one miracles uh, matchup dynamic of like, well, my opponent drew the cards that were relevant and I didn't. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And it's kind of it's kind of crazy. We saw in obviously Eldrazi Agro was the winner with Paki, but in third place Esper Vile, that JTL deck. A couple people have been working on that deck, Bara. But it's like we see this deck so much more than Stoneblade now. It kind of deserves a better name, right? Uh, yeah, Esper Hate Bears or something. Shit, I don't know. It's, yeah, like... it's like this version had Teferi's in it. Stoneforge Mystic was like hasn't been playable for years, and then it had like one period around a GP where it was like kind of a playable deck, but you know you could just beat it if you played a deck that could go over the top of it because you know your opponent was just attacking on the axis of Palace Jailer. Um, one more thing about Rug Delver is I find it interesting that people are building their decks in the way of like Blue Red Delver Splash Oko as opposed to like playing goif they're playing like hooting mandrels as a two of yeah yeah uh, yep. which i get like goif just gets okoed and it doesn't have value so i think we're just hitting a point in legacy where your cards have to just be a two for one as soon as they hit the table or they have to just like be this insane value engine if the you get to untap with them like dreadhorde arcanist so or you just play something that tries to sidestep that like tess like what? Like Tess. Like the, it's oh. just like hits hits so hard that you're not you're not letting them cast your like their four mana value spells, right? Yeah, I mean when your combo yeah, deck is Black playing Red. quad veil of summer in the main deck, that's that's something, right? Or 
three copies. I'm sure some nerd will get semantic on Reddit or whatever. And <laughs> nobody cares. I promise. Version nine point seven of Tess only has two veils in the Yeah. Here here's how this is gonna work. Uh hit backspace. Keep hitting backspace. Nobody cares. But yeah, I feel you. And like the the sideboard of the deck was still just like maybe ancient grudge and like a veil of the rug delver, but basically just blue red splashing green for like you said Oko and Hoodoo Mandrills. And yeah, I I think that the the Dreadhorde Arcanist, like Tom was saying, that that two for one is is sort of too powerful to pass up, right? If you're gonna try to beat these value decks and play Delver. Yeah, shout out to the people who said that uh, Dreadhorde Arcanist wasn't good in Delver. <laughs> um at me bryant you can slide him to my dms anytime um i heard there was a there was a bet made about dreadheart arcanist continuing to see play so oh i didn't know that there was so you know i'm just gonna throw that out there and leave the listeners enticed but the relevant parties know know who they are (laughs) (laughs) Well, we got we got two decks that I really wanted to talk about. In in fifth place, there's a Valakit Stompy deck, and it's Pro Midnight Z. And I wanted to point this out because, well, first of all, I took one uh, Dryad, whatever the Dryad is called, in our set review, and this is it showing up in the top eight, so I'm happy with that. But um, shout out to Callum what, for building. For building primetime dot deck and legacy. Yeah, so this is uh this particular one is Valakit. So you have Prime Primeval Titan Valakit, but it's not like a scapeshift deck. But one thing I miss when we were reviewing this card is that Dryad of the whatever it's called turns every land into a mountain. So you don't actually need mountains for your Valakit to, to do your, your thing. Yeah, every Nickfit player saw this deck and busted a nut because they realized that they could do the thing they want to do without having a negative record. <laughs> Sorry, Joe. But um, that's all this deck is. It's like, hey, what if we took Nickfit, cut all the dumb cards from 20, you know, from 1999 or whatever, and just played good cards? And, and Chalice, yep. And we get this it's beautiful didn't chalice it is it does look really good yeah 2019 i don't care what people say it was great people hate it (laughs) but uh it's actually nice to see a new decks popping up i don't care if the cards it's based on the premise that like you're just playing these obnoxiously overpowered cards it's just nice to see new decks pop up yeah and then in sixth place, I played actually, last week I went over to Steve's house and played against his hypergenesis list. And we were talking about what would make it more competitive. And then right here we see sixth place in the challenge, Peter Baelish with a hypergenesis deck, which I, I don't know if we've ever seen this on top of a challenge, at least since our podcast started, right Tom? No, definitely not. I know Steve is definitely trying to make it work and he's been playing it quite a bit, but man... Uh, you're in a weird place in the format where Hypergenesis is making a top eight of a pretty pretty large online event. 
You're telling me yeah. the deck that isn't really that weak to Pyroblast is good in a format where people are playing three Pyroblasts to combat Oko? I'm I'm yeah. shocked. I can barely contain. Well, you're you're seeing my shock. You're you're seeing like Chalice make a comeback, and this. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't want to play this deck with with Chalice in the format, right? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, if this and deck yeah, what... becomes popular, you just throw a couple of Chalices on the sideboard of your arbitrary deck and just have it so you can Chalice zero. Like, I'm not like ragging on the deck. It's cool. Um, I'm just saying it's compatible, and it's interesting. It's it's nice to see um, seasoned Pyromancer like as an addition, right? Like these hypergenesis. Yeah, decks, that was really cool. Like hypergenesis always had an issue with um, consistency, and you know, back in the day when it was a thing, you know, there's the old Jerry Thompson feature match where he his opponent basically multi emrical every game. Um, yeah. Which I actually know that guy, and that guy would not shut up about that match. And it was just like, bro, <laughs> you did the equivalent of mulling the leyline. Shut up. Um, <laughs> But it's it's cool to see like this deck pop up. I don't know if it'll be con- a continued player, but we'll see. Yeah, I think season Pyromancer, because like what they never had is a B plan, right? And like casting spirit guides and shit was like literally what they would be doing. So well, season Pyromancer think, is pretty nice. I think show and tell is the B plan, right? Like hypergenesis is definitely like what you want to do, but. I mean, show and yeah. Tell. I mean, it's kind of like show and tell seven eight or five six seven, right? Well, the other thing about um, this deck is that it couldn't play cantrips or have like any relevant filtering, so you were reliant on a mulligan system that didn't actually promote this sort of deck. And now you have that mulligan system, but you also have a way to filter through your deck. Um, I'm assuming True. the only reason that this deck doesn't have more seasoned pyromancers is just because of like mana cost considerations. But, right. you know, I'm sure it would play four if it could reliably do so. Also, what yeah. is this, eight spirit guides? Yeah, this deck is just trying to go. Yeah, for sure. And for those of you who maybe haven't seen the deck, it's got four Shardless Agents and four Violent Outbursts to get, you know, cascade into uh, Hypergenesis. And then a bunch of fatties, four Grizzlebrand, and then a bunch of one-offs. And like Lauren said, the Spirit Guides, Force of Wills, and Sandworm Convergence. So yeah, it's a pretty nice take on this deck. I, there's no new cards really, other than Season Pyromancer, but it's a. Uh, or I guess Incubation Incongruity is that a new card? Um, no, that was uh, like Dragon's Maze. Oh, isn't I that th- one of the old split was, cards? I think or it was. Rav- I think it was in the Ravnica from last year. Okay. Dude, shout out to Waka Rock for getting 10th place with, like, Waka Rock Rug Delver. Like, I, I love Japanese legacy Twitter because they just, like, randomly <laughs> retweet shit. And you're just like, I can't read this. And you hit the con- the translate button. And Google Translate just can't translate uh, Japanese to English ever. And you're just like, you know what? I'm just going to hit this with a like. And uh, I'll follow <laughs> them, even though I can't understand any of this. There's always Hex Drinkers, though, man. They love Hex Drinker. It's because it's a one-drop. That's it. Yeah. Like Yeah, but this is more Rug than, than what you were talking about before, right? Yeah, it's it's definitely more of, like, Rug Delver as opposed to Blue-Red Splash Green. Yeah. Yeah, and I like it. You know, there's there's Collector Oof in the sideboard. 
There's a uh, Sylvan Library in the sideboard. Like more more ruggy stuff, even though this isn't a Goyth deck. Four Red Blasts. This person came to fuck, and I respect them for that. Hydro Blast seems yep. unnecessary now that um, Underworld Breach is gone, but. You know, it usually takes legacy players a couple tournaments to, like, start really cutting cards. So I expect Hydroblast to fall off the face of the earth again, because, you know, Ren and Six is gone, Underworld Breach is gone. There aren't really red cards you're really trying to counter. There aren't enough targets to justify it. Right. I mean, yeah, it's I not it's not awful in an Arcanist Mirror. You can protect your own Arcanist from Lightning Bolt and then kill theirs, right? Sure, yeah. but like I'm seeing more and more non-blue decks. Like, I think what's happening is there's a lot of blue players who are looking at the format and they're like, oh, before I could just play three to four Red Blasts and the Mirror would be a reasonable matchup. And now they're looking at the format and it's just like Oko, Euro, like all of these recursive blue effects that accrue value. And like, I don't, I, I think a lot of people aren't seeing the appeal in, like, playing these mirrors anymore. So people are playing these green decks and whatever, and it's, you know, it's not a shock, but, like, once you see Agrolome playing blue cards, that's probably a testament to these cards' strength, right? Like, these people had a million years to cast a Brainstorm, and they were just like, but what if I didn't? And here yeah. they are, and they're just like, yeah, so Oko. I can cast It's all Oko, right? Yeah. Oko, Euro, just Euro's like the perfect threat for the Lome decks. Just having yeah. it's uh it's like the Centaur Vine Crasher that they actually wanted. Right. Exactly, right. Yeah, those two cards right there is just like ex everything that Lome wants. And it, it is weird, like exactly what you said, like it was the non blue deck, right? And now it's it's just playing blue because blue has those cards too. Which it never really had. Pretty much. And yeah, we see a ton of a ton of loam like in the in the deck dumps and in this tournament too. But like on Twitter, if you watch like what people five zero with, there's been a ton of loam. I know. I think Callum was the one who first posted that like Chalice uh, bug deck, the like Zenith bug deck with Oros, right? I don't recall, but I will say, hey, Agrolum players, could you all not have Knight of the Reliquary as um? your avi on twitter because i would like to be able to read threads <laughs> and like i i was reading a conversation between two people and i was like holy shit guys you both have the exact same avi like can can one of you like make your avi something else make it a chalice avoid yes make it a blue player crying you know maybe have a <laughs> maybe have a picture of anurag das frowning just something that isn't night of the reliquary i don't want to read a conversation that's three dudes with Knight of the Reliquary as their AVI. <laughs> Can we get yeah. a non-white Knight of the Reliquary? What's up with representation? <laughs> it's twenty. <laughs> it's twenty twenty. Come on. I mean, they're just following the Wizards model, right? And instead of giving any diversity to anyone with melanin, they're just throwing it out to white women. Whew. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Sorry, I was too. I was quiet for too long. I had to say something. <laughs> oh, we could hear you typing, my guy. Yeah, I was killing. I was killing a world boss. I those things don't get planned; they just pop up, and I apologize. <laughs> oh, it's all good, man. It's all good. 
<laughs> also, shout out to Four Color Miracles for having the worst fucking mana base I've ever seen in my life. Is that Honorog? No, Honorog was playing Bug Control. Um, oh, okay. It was a deck list that um, Thomas Berkemeyer initially threw together. And then Honorog, you know, did the Honorog stuff with it. Um, yeah. But... Oh, man. Four Color Miracles... That deck's mana just doesn't work. I'm not even sure Terminus is a good card right now. Uh, yeah. It it doesn't actually look good. I'm somewhat convinced that um, the way to go with these sort of decks is just to play like a Bant control deck. Not Bant control, like Bant midrange with um, right. Quaddle, Oko, etc. Like, it's hard to just... It's hard for me to reconcile playing Terminus when... You're trying to manage the card in your like Arkham's Astrolabe deck and just have eight cantrips that allow selection, because yeah, that doesn't line up. And then a lot of these decks are like shaving or cutting Snapcasters, so they really just can't reliably can, you know, time their termini. So it's just like, why are you playing this card? Just don't. Yeah, it is kind of awkward, but. I guess maybe Oro is, is a consideration now. Because like, the one thing that was nice about Miracles when it was just Plow and Terminus was like you could never build a graveyard for your opponent. Sure, but, but you can like Plow and Oro with the trigger on the stack or whatever. Like they're, if yes, you're playing a... Exactly. Like Oro, where it's like really botting people is these like non-sorts of Plowshares mirrors. But right. like if you have Plow, you're not as worried about Oro as you know if you're a, the delver pilot right you know i wouldn't be shocked to see um delver either like adopt uh narset or something of that nature just to like slow down arrow because otherwise you're just gonna get destroyed yeah i was gonna ask you what your thought on the best like if there was any room for a delver deck with white in it um it depends, I guess. Uh, we just got done dunking on Stoneforge Mystic and how it's not yeah. good anymore. <laughs> well, that's the issue, right? Like, Stoneforge is the best, like, white threat to play. But it's right. kind of been an outdated threat. And it took, you know, a one-sided strip mine to actually make Stoneblade playable again after years of it just being completely unplayable. So, if you're playing some sort of white beast delver deck what threats are you playing you're playing delver you can play dread horror cannons which right. for what it at least at face value it seems like dread horror cannons has taken over like the tarmogoyf slot is just arbitrary two drop so yeah maybe you can build a blue white red or whatever delver deck that's basically just hey i have swords of plowshares to answer some stuff and then sideboard meddling mages seem cool but Right. You know, you can also play, like, Rest in Peace. But, like, that blue-white, um, like, the Matt Sperling uh, Delver deck. Yeah. That deck, like, wasn't really that good ever. And it looked really good because you had, you know, Platinum Pro Matt Sperling doing well at GP at a random GP and on Moto with it. And then you had, uh, what, Owen Turnwald get ninth at a yeah, GP Owen, with it? Yeah. And it's just like, look, these guys are, like, actually good at magic, and I'm not actually that good at magic, and I can 5-0 leagues blast it out of my mind. Uh, 
<laughs> so I'm not convinced that like this deck is actually good. It's like people often conflate a player being good to a deck being good. And I just, I don't know. I You could build blue, red, splash, white for plow. But if, like, why would you want plow against a control deck with euro, right? It's hard to justify having that effect. Yeah, because it's so bad against the other stuff they're doing, like Snapcasters or whatever. Right, it's like the same as having Surgical against Hero. It's like not good yeah. enough to justify. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't, I'm generally down, da- I'm not generally down on White and Delver decks. Uh, Max Gilmore wrote a good article about, you know, dissynergy and how it's fine to have a conflict of interest if the cards are so intrinsically powerful that you know they can win a game it's like it's great if you have plow uh, in your delver deck against you know merit Lage or whatever you know or like a tarmogoyf like other delver shells may have just straight up lost but i'm yeah. not seeing enough white cards to really pull you in that direction or if you want to do that yeah there's that, no delve white card right uh like that, that's that's part of the big problem is like there's not that delve threat like you get grimag angler or if you go into those colors right you aren't getting many unique threats outside of stoneforge mystic and the white cards you'd want to play like rest in peace well if you're going to play like maybe dreadhorde arcanus then you can't justify rest in peace you can maybe play wheel of sun and moon i guess but i don't know if that's <laughs> what about what about white going what about myth realized <laughs> Oh, you're being serious. Anyway, no, so this has been episode whatever the fuck of the Dead Format podcast. Uh, <laughs> so the one thing I want to talk about, though, before we wrap up is Doomsday, because everybody's been talking about Doomsday lately. And uh, I know I was reading this week in Legacy, and Joe was talking about it. There's been Esper versions, been bug versions popping up, but basically like Thassa's Oracle put Doomsday back on the map. And what do you guys do you guys think that Doomsday is like for real, like uh, a legitimate deck that that's looking for the right version right now, or do you think it's just people fucking around? I mean, I'm sure it's fine. I guess I don't know if I don't have actual strong thoughts on Doomsday. Uh, it, it's just like a deck that pops up until people realize that um, you can win in ways that don't include 17 minutes of thinking uh <laughs> shout out to steve menindian and his like s- there's Dude, a- i was watching that live i always remember that notepad incident he he cast an eot brainstorm and tank for like how long was it it was like six minutes or something and just- well so like the the chat or the the mics were turned off so he had like a notepad open and was just like typing his thoughts in the notepad it was so fucking funny bro yeah, it's, and yeah. Was it brainstorm into doomsday? Just like set, like I don't know, ten minutes or whatever. Like everyone's just. I did. What were you saying, Tom? Oh, I did hear a funny story about a doomsday mirror that occurred, where one player resolved doomsday, and then the next player resolved doomsday, and proceeded to silence and orms chant their opponent for X straight turns that they nice. got with their doomsday pile. So obviously, I'm sure like. People are working on finding the best version of the deck, but when when has Doomsday not been a meme? Legacy players have this big fetish around feeling smart when they win, and uh, 
it's stupid. Um, it's, do- it's Doomsday and Battle of Wits. Those are like the two big things that always come back around. Not too long ago, Reed Duke posted, um, what's the play? And it was just like Blue Red Delver. It was like a two land hand with some cantrips and some other stuff. And like people started posting these obnoxious galaxy brain plays. It was just like it was just fucking island ponder and look for interaction, right? Yeah, if uh, I remember, it was Volk ponder, but like sorry, Volk ponder. Island ponder yeah. is like still an acceptable play, but the reason you Volk ponder was because you want to preserve your fetch land for your ponder. But like people just went so deep, and it was just like guys, you don't need to do this. Well, guys, gals, they's, them's, you know, we respect pronouns out here in these streets. Yeah, I was, uh, I, when you said Island Ponder, Tom, I was like, yes, let's get it flowing, because I know Lawrence was on Volcanic Ponder. <laughs> yeah. No, so if it, if it was Volcanic Fetchland as your two lands, then yes. I just remember it was like, it was clearly Player Land Ponder, and I looked at the Twitter thread, and I was like, you, you all just need to cast that Ponder, because the hand was great, it just didn't have a piece of interaction, I remember. People were just like... And, Oh yeah, I'm gonna play my uh, scalding tarn, and I'm gonna uh, hold up brainstorm for interaction. It's just like if you know that you want interaction, just cast your ponder for interaction. Yeah, like, no, because you you had you had turn one ponder, turn two uh, arcanist, and you really just want that ponder to hit like a daze, so you can arcanist with daze backup, and then just take the game over. And the thing about but, that ponder is like that hand had a redundant cantrip and a fetch land, so like if your ponder is literally just like. Even if it's like two lands lightning bolt, you're going to keep it. You're keeping any relevant interaction. You're keeping basically almost any ponder. But you know the only thing you're losing to is like combo. So just cast your ponder. Find some interaction. Like I was struggling to think of a ponder pile that you absolutely wouldn't keep. And the floor is literally two lands lightning bolt. Triple land. Um... Even then, you can make an argument for, like, if it's, like, a wasteland, fetchland, whatever. But, sure, triple land, okay. you're probably throwing back. Uh, lightning bolt, double land, depending on if, like, one of those lands is a wasteland, you may throw back. But almost any reasonable mix of lands and spells, you're keeping off of that ponder. And people were just, like, going so deep. It's just, it reminds me of um, one of my friends who we had on uh, Cozy Gang this week, Ash, once said to me like it was a scg premiere iq or whatever when they had those before they became classics and it was just a statement of look if you can cast brainstorm halfway good you have a leg up against 70 percent of the field here and yeah like cantrip puzzles puzzles are amazing because people don't necessarily know when they're supposed to cast cantrips and they definitely don't know when they're not supposed to cast cantrips and uh, it's kind of depressing to see at times and i guess the more depressing aspect is like you'll tell someone hey here's why you would or wouldn't cast your cantrip and they're just like nope i would make this play that's really bad i i just want to make it and you're just like all right well okay I guess. It's like get like going to work right now. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> hey man. I'm basically not working with anyone. 
I know. I'm sorry. It's fine. It's fine. You got to get that dagger value in, but (laughs) I am technically still socially isolated going to work. Someone almost hit me while I was driving to work today. And I was like, if you fucking hit me while there's almost no one on the goddamn roads, you had better hope that I die or else I'm fucking (laughs) harming you physically. Now, what happens if you get out of your car and they're like coughing? Are you just like, are you like, you know what? Not today. Not today. You just go. We're good. I'll deal with this myself. That's the play, right? You never know. Maybe I'll cough back. Just get into a car accident and start coughing and like throw some water on your nose. You get pulled over by the cop. You just put your license up to the window and like make the choking, the choking emoji. Will coronavirus stop black or crime cop on black violence in America? <laughs> oh my god, bro! I saw Philadelphia. The cops said they're not responding to anything that's like a robbery or like any any sort of like little crime. The cops like well, are not responding. At the all. fire I mean, the fire department responded to my dead battery. You can yeah. hear all about that on Leaving a Legacy. Wait, dead battery? Please explain. Uh, I had my carbon monoxide alarm go on that I uh, turned on in the middle of the night. And um, it turns out that the noise was not the alarm. It was the low battery sound. And uh, seven seven firemen who came to my house in the middle of the night told me that. Yeah, there's protocol um, for how they respond to things based on certain events in terms of like sending crews. Uh, So yeah, that isn't a shocker. So, we also found out Tom has a four-story manor. It's not a manor. There are four stories. It is. It is a nice house. Um, but the only reason that I can afford it is because it's in Lynn. And as soon as I said that city, everybody in Massachusetts was like, "Oh, oh, that's that's nice." See, now I just picture like these big ass walls with like a gate, and it's like the Smiley Estate. <laughs> the, the, the four story uh, rolling rolling X, hills X-Men surrounding mansion. the manor no yeah. no definitely not that that's that's my new picture of it it's like it's in the ghetto but it's like the x-men charles xavier manor tom smiley the face of gentrification <laughs> <laughs> no you, i mean we yeah we're out here doing that <laughs> <laughs> wow wow thomas just going all Robert in. Robert Wilson of the East. Yeah, I mean, we got all these Asian food restaurants that are like so good around here that we can't go to anymore. It's... Whoa, <laughs> what are you talking about, dude? The Asian spots are lit. Last week, all I did Bro, was eat Asian spots. If you spots. order from a Chinese restaurant right now and you don't tweet about it, did it really happen? I've definitely <laughs> um, tweeted about eating uh, Vietnamese three days in a row. Because uh, <laughs> fuck everybody. No, here's the thing. Level one. It's the Asian virus. That's a dumb thought. Level two. I live in Ohio where there's a lot of racists and nobody's going to the Asian spots. So I did. And it was fucking delicious. Yeah, that's uh, that's been, I guess, I, I've done it sort of on accident, I guess, but. It has been pretty depressing when you go to pick up your food and there's just nobody there and they're like so happy to see you. I think it's just like that for all restaurants. We completely stopped eating out. We're just like hanging out in the house. So I was not making that specific comment about not eating at Asian restaurants. We're not eating at any restaurant. That's 
I apologize if I my gentr- my gentrified ass tried to <laughs> tried to say that. Oh man! Yeah. All right, you guys, you guys ready to rap? I'm pretty fucking beat. We could oh, yeah. rap. Yep, yeah. you got sore throat. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Little sniffles. I, I don't know. Been, I don't know what's going on with me. Been dry coughing. I, yeah, you, you you guys hear my wife in the background? By the way, coughing like for the past hour. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it'll be picked up for sure on the mics, but. If, if people want to find you, Lawrence, now that now that thirst for cast is is chilling, right? Uh, how how should people find you? You can find me uh, at Lawrence Harmon on Twitter, um, spelled with a W, like Lawrence of Arabia, uh, because that's the reference that everyone knows and has made my entire life. And uh, cozy gang podcast. Me and my boy Frank. Shout out to him. He maybe got the Rona from a baby. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking babies. Oh, we are going to clown Frank for that uh, up until his potential death and even after he dies. It's (laughs) like (laughs) the week when we started hearing about the coronavirus, he was talking so much shit. He was just like, I don't give a fuck about this Rona. I'm not scared. I'm a real nigga. He didn't say nigga because he's white, but I'm a real nigga. <laughs> and <laughs> and here he is. He's just like, oh, guys, I'm sick. I may have to shave my beard because if so, the Rona is going to live in my beard. <laughs> Frank has a beard that's like 16 inches long. So it's like, oh, not only did you get sick, but you got emasculated. Get fucked, nerd. <laughs> get fucked. Oh, it's gonna be great. It Actually, Pat Pat did the same thing, right? Uh, may, maybe, but this is gonna age so poorly if he actually yeah. gets sick. You're gonna like, you're gonna look back at it. Oh, if Frank, a month from no, now. Frank's Frank's well aware that if he, if he dies, he dies. Grave, like on his birthday every year. I I was trying to find the clip. There's a clip of like a guy slapping a body at a um, funeral, and I've been trying to like find it. <laughs> So I can like make that joke that if Frank dies, I'm going to do that at his funeral. And I, I don't, if I, if I actually enjoyed going to like weddings or funerals, I would definitely do that. But Frank is well aware that, uh, he is going to get clowned. And if he dies, that just makes the joke better. Definitely. <laughs> He's also, for what it's worth, everyone's like, oh man, this Lawrence guy is just an arrogant asshole and talking about his friends death. Frank's also been making jokes about having the corona. <laughs> so, yeah, I would highly recommend anybody listen to the podcast. Oh yeah. If you if you haven't already, Cozy Gang, you're on Spotify, uh, you're on uh, all the major podcast networks, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um this most recent episode was actually fairly immersed in Magic the Gathering. Um because with Frank being out, I'm calling in random friends who most of which know me through magic. So we don't necessarily talk about the game itself in terms of like a, a technical or strategic standpoint, but we have talked about, uh, you know, some social stuff, Jeremy, uh, Baterioni's apology, etc. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, so yeah, I'm at Ian 18, on Twitter, Tom, at T Smiley MTG, you can follow the cast at Dead Format Cast. Dead Format Cast at gmail.com. And yeah. Stay safe, that, everybody. Stay, yeah. 
unironically, I guess. Shout out to Stay you guys safe. just having the best podcast name for a legacy podcast because that uh oh bro that happened yeah <laughs> Lawrence, what do you want your token to be? We're making tokens for our guests for episode one hundred. Uh, other than token black guy. <laughs> gotta gotta snatch that. wait we're done we're done that's a wrap that's a wrap. token is just gonna be clip art black guy it's not even gonna be him it's just... they <laughs> all look the same anyway 